Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. Uh, how do I word this? This, um, this episode, this interview kind of got me out of nowhere. Um, the conversation that Rachel and I had was unbelievable. Um, she shared some amazing stories about her journey, um, her past with, uh, addictions, family things. Um, we talked about being an entrepreneur, what that looks like. We talked about mindset transformations, um, and really just, and we also talked about faith. Um, and, and it seemed like the underlying theme was really discovering who you are in the midst of all of that, um, who you are in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your victories. And it was just an awesome conversation. I didn't, I, I don't know if I had any expectations, but man, I mean, the conversation was unbelievable. So make sure you guys listen to this episode. Uh, if you enjoy it, share it with your friends and family, please. I mean, her story is something that needs to be heard for sure. Um, she is an amazing individual with a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom, uh, and, and just a great story. You guys can find her. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm on double check. I'm pulling it up on Instagram just to make sure I have it right. Um, but you guys can find her on Rin on Instagram <laughs> on Instagram. It's Rachel pastor. Um, so that's where you can find her on Instagram, obviously Facebook, Rachel pastor. And then, um, her, um, her fitness festival event. So her Fort Collins fitness festival that she founded basically, um, that can be found on Instagram at fitness festival events. So at fitness festival events. Um, and that's where you can find information on the Fort Collins fitness festival there. But guys, that's all I have to say when it comes to, uh, the announcements and the intro, um, just an unbelievable interview had such a great time. So make sure you tune, tune into this episode, share it with your friends and family. I'm sure someone that, you know, uh, will relate to her story. Um, and all of the things that she has gone through. So thanks for being here, guys. Enjoy this interview with Rachel Pastor. We'll see. So <clears throat> that mic is like, it works best when you speak like right over it. Okay. Um, anything. Good. Yeah. You don't need to like make out with the pot, the, the pot filter or anything. But like. Yeah. Straight over it. Like anything to the side. Yeah. Move it however you want. Okay. Um, but like, I don't do any like formal introduction or anything like that. Like we just like, it's already recording right now. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Then I guess I should talk in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So like we don't do anything like that. But um and then the headphones like I'm I'll be the only one with the headphones, but um yeah, I just try to keep it like as informal as possible because okay. it's just I don't like the And today I'm here I'm with gonna, Rachel. Can blah, I blah, move blah. this down a yeah, little bit? Move it however you want. Yeah. I can go like this. Okay, I don't want to yeah. I didn't want to mess anything. No, yeah, you yeah, move it however you want. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, and then like when you're like this far away, it differs a little bit. When you're like here, it's a lot closer, a lot better. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Um, so how, how long have you been in the health and fitness industry and how did you come about getting into it? Oh man, it's been over 10 years Okay. and, uh, I got into it because of my own transformation. Mm -hmm. So I, I went through my own transformation and then I realized that this without a doubt was what I had to do in life. Like I, I had to bring what what I got out of my own transformation. I wanted to bring that to other people's lives. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted them to be able to feel what I now felt. And so um, for me, that is uh, the joy. Basically, I always encompass it in that one word because for me, um, I was very unhappy. I was depressed. Um anxious all the time. And when I started to take care of my body, mm -hmm. when I started to work out, when I started to, um, apply these things to my life, it brought me something that I had been searching for, for years, for years. Like the feeling that it brought to my life is what I had been searching for. And so I knew I wanted to bring that to other people's lives. So, uh, I started in group fitness mm, mm -hmm. because group fitness for me uh, was really kind of like what really lit the fire inside of me. 
And so I started teaching uh, cycling at 24 Hour Fitness. And then that grew. And so then I, I started to work um, on what I needed to do become, to become a personal trainer. And then in the meantime, I started teaching other types of group fitness classes. And then I started to work as a personal trainer. And then when I started to work as a personal trainer, um, I've always been, I've always like, I, I'm just meant to be an entrepreneur. Like it's just in me. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to start my own fitness business. And so I did that uh, out of a gym. I like a small little gym. Mm-hmm. And I brought in my own clientele and did personal training and then different gyms around town I teach group fitness at. Well, then I decided, all right, now I want to have my own gym. So then I just, we built our own little gym. And I had my own clients out of there and uh, small group training, personal training, and then still teaching group fitness classes around town. And then as that kind of grew and I, you know, I was working in that, I, I, you know, I think we're always, we're always like growing to the next, the next thing, you know, and the next thing for me really was the one element that I really felt it felt was missing from what I was doing that I really wanted to spread to people. And that was more helping them work on changing their habits and their behavior and more. I mean, that's where everything starts. Right. And I really felt like that was missing in, uh, you know, in just teaching like a group fitness class. Yes, it's great. It's wonderful. Like, I love it so much. But I, I still wanted to make that connection. I wanted to make the connection of, you know, how could we make this stick? How could we make this a, a true lifestyle change for people? And for me, that's that really came back to helping them in what I had done in my own transformation, and that was uh, mastering my mindset in um, really the transformation of the mind. And so now really bringing that all together is kind of how I, where I am at now. Okay. Interesting. So Mm -hmm. when you were back in that state before you made your transformation, or Mm -hmm. I should say when you were close to making that and you Mm -hmm. said you were feeling depressed, anxious, Mm -hmm. how did you go from that state to saying, okay, I want to change things. Um, And then also adding on to that, what did you look for to find joy before that? And how did you realize that the joy was in health and fitness? Because a lot of people, it's when when you're when you live one way and you're down and you're depressed and you're anxious. It's very hard to make that ninety degree or that one eighty, mm-hmm. I should say, switch. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like for you? <clears throat> well, for me, I was always growing up. I was always anxious. Um, I did grow up with an alcoholic father, and my mom was married multiple times, and so just kind of in my childhood. I think I just had a lot of situations that put me more of an in, in an anxious um, state. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, when I was 14, I was really into playing volleyball. And that's actually what, like, it. I was in club volleyball. We'd travel everywhere. I had my group of friends, and it was great. Well, my mom married her third husband, and he decided that I should no longer uh, play volleyball because it was a waste of money. Mm. And so they pulled me out of volleyball, and really that for me was the pull into um, going into this complete anxious and depressed mode. So when I was 15, uh, I was really just searching for friendships. I was searching for uh, I was searching for something else to help me to bring me that feeling again, sure, you know? Sure. So I, I found it, I found it in a heroin addiction. Uh, so I was a heroin addict from the time I was 15 to the time I was 20. Okay. So that, that is where I felt like I found that happiness. Right. Um, it, it fulfilled something inside of me that I was looking to fill. Right. And then as the addiction grew, it it became my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. And so it was when I was 20, that was my rock bottom. What was the moment where you realized that was rock bottom? 
when my uh, my boyfriend of five years from when I was 15 and then we were together all the way till I was 20, um, he died of a heroin overdose. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so there I was homeless. Uh, we just had this little Honda car that we would sleep out of sometimes and it just got us from place to place. And I was also pregnant. And uh, and yeah, he he died from a heroin overdose and it it crumbled my world to a point where uh yep, I had already lost all my friends, I'd already lost my family, I hadn't talked to my family in years, in years. But that was like at that point everything for me was gone. Mm-hmm. And so it was either at that point I was like, okay, I either just want to die. Like, I don't want to live anymore. Or I need to find something else. And uh, it wasn't just as easy as finding something else. The, the, the pain that went from there into deciding that I wasn't going to use anymore, it was a long, long road. And, uh, you know, I had a friend that lived in Hawaii and I had reached out to her and she had known me at the beginning of my addiction. And I asked her if she had a place that I could stay. Mm -hmm. So I had been to Hawaii when I was younger with her, um, but I hadn't really talked to her in years. I had seen her daughter had moved back to Colorado. I had connected that way, asked her and she said, Rachel, you're more than welcome to come here, but you are never allowed to use, ever. Otherwise, right. you will no longer be welcome. <clears throat> sure. And so at that time, I was on methadone, and I decided that when I got there, I was going to try to step off the plane and never use anything and not even methadone. Like, I was going to go cold. Cold turkey right yeah. off the plane. Yeah, and I felt like for me... Like, I felt like that was a great, great choice because I didn't know anybody there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, w- I was going to a place where I had a great opportunity to do this. And clean a pers- slate in, in all slate. aspects. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and to a home where she knew what I was going through. And so sh- I knew she was going to support me through that. So when I got off that plane... That is exactly what I did. And it was months and a full year, really, of me really just some days my goal was just to get out of bed because I had destroyed my body so much Mm. that just getting out of bed some days was hard to do. Mm -hmm. And then to the point where... You know, I was renting this bedroom from this person. I really, I didn't have anything. I, I sold that car for a plane ticket to get there. So I really had nothing. Mm-hmm. And so then I went out and I started to look for a job. Um, which was an interesting thing because I had, I was trying to step now into a life that a normal person lives day to day, but I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Right. Right. I mean, because it, it started at, what do you say, 15? So you've never had yeah. a glimpse or opportunity to. Yeah. It was it was a brand new thing. Yeah, it <clears throat> was. Um, you know, before that, like back when I think you could do that then. But now you, I don't know if you know if you could. I had had a job like at a pizza place mm-hmm. or something. But in Dairy Queen. Um, but so so uh, I getting out there just trying to figure out how to to live a life of. A normal person, mm-hmm. you know, that was what I spent that first year just trying to do. And um, like I said, one day at a time, just getting out of bed. So all that comes and it's about a year and a half into me being there. I'm working on a beach as like a concierge, but really I'm just, it's, I mean, just, but it was so amazing that I got to do this. Hand out snorkeling equipment. Like literally we worked on the beach and just, mm-hmm. and, you know. And this woman that I worked for, Mimi, she asked me if I wanted to go to 24-Hour Fitness with her. Okay. And I was like, cool. All right. You were just in right there. What were, I mean, did you have any doubts or thoughts on fitness at that point? I think I was more like, I want to make some friends. Okay. You know? 
I think right. more. Because at this just, point, it was probably the people you worked with and then. Yeah, and I just go straight friend. home. Right. And so I, I think for me, I was just like, okay, like she wants to hang out. This is awesome. Yeah. You know, so, okay. So we'd go, we went to 24 hour fitness and we just walked on the treadmill and watched TV and talked. Yeah. And I loved it because it was interaction with her and, and every time we'd go back, like we'd do a little more and kind of challenge ourselves. And every time I left, I noticed I was like feeling something I hadn't felt in a really long time. Like mm -hmm. I was, first of all, sleeping better. And then also when we leave, like I just was happy. Like I would smile and laugh and those are things I had not done in so long. Right. And then also the relationship with her of being able to do that with somebody in that, that friendship that we had created, doing that. So it really just grew from there of like, then I was like, okay, I'm going to hire a personal trainer. And I wanted him to teach me like what all these other people around the gym were doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I was like, okay. So I hired a trainer and, and he did, he could like taught me all the basics and it was cool. And I was like, okay, I like this. And then the next step was like, I saw they were doing a cycling class in the, in the room and I would watch them do, you know, all these group fitness classes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go try that that cycling class. So I talked Mimi into joining me and we went into that cycling class and that man, that was like, Oh, I was like, this is so awesome. My butt hurts like hell, but this is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I wanted more of that. Yeah. I wanted like the energy. It yeah. was like, it was like Mimi times a hundred, you know, like I had all yeah. these people that we were hanging out with. And so many of the things that I had been searching for, you know, this, this like great energy of, from all these people. And it's like, it's healthy and, um, and everybody's excited and happy. So as, as I really grew into that and then, uh, about a year after that, so I was there, I was there for three years. They, they say, if you last past a year there, you'll stay forever. Um, which I could see that cause it's so amazing and beautiful, right. but, but I didn't have any family there. Sure. And in the meantime, I had reconnected with my family Okay. and they asked me if I wanted to move back. And so my, my grandpa just passed away and I was like, okay, my grandma asked me to live with her. And I said, okay. So I came back, which was a totally scary thing because I was putting myself back in, right. put, you know, right. So everything happened, but I knew when I came back, what I wanted to do, like I knew I didn't care if I worked at the front desk. I wanted to work in a gym. I mm -hmm. wanted to be it's in It's a this. lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a ton of fun. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how do I get involved in this world? Well, I didn't get hired into a gym right away. I actually got into actually the construction industry and would work like in project management stuff. Mm -hmm. But I would head over to the gym every single day and I was trying to make those connections and, and friendships, friendships with people. And I would take the same, this lady, Sherry, she's still in town teaching and she, I would go take her cycling class and I, and I pulled her aside one day and I was like, okay, how do how do you make this happen? And she told me all about how to make it happen. And she really kind of mentored me through that. Mm -hmm. But once I started teaching cycling, I went and got certified. I started teaching cycling. Like it was nonstop for me from there. Everything was involved in how do I get to this place? Like, what do I need to do? What do I need to learn? Who needs to be my mentor? And, and just completely turning my life into, um, doing whatever it took to be able to like live in this world. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And then with your transformation in general, what did that look like change wise with your, with your body and your health? Mm -hmm. Well, so over time I've lost 60 pounds. I lost 80 pounds originally. I'm 60 pounds down from where I was, but that was, I, when I was using and living in that life, uh, man, it, it's a, it's a really interesting thing to look back because of, of how your body changes and how you change because I would eat off the dollar um, McDonald's menu like every single day mm -hmm. or the Taco Bell one and um, you know that was just my 
my body image and what I did for my body, like, I guess I didn't even really care. You know, it, it felt all normal to me. If I had a Big mm. Mac, like, I didn't make, I didn't feel any different. Right. You know? Um, but then when I started to uh, go to 24-Hour Fitness with Mimi and then, like, I started to really look at, you know, thinking about, like, the things that I was eating and looking up, like, you know, what do people eat to lose weight and, like, started to look into all that. And, 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 and during that time of my transformation, and I think in general, in that time in life, it was more of just about like eat low calorie, like, you for know, sure. You know, eat less, move more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of like low fat and, mm-hmm. you know, so <clears throat> in doing that and then, uh, getting into fitness and, and watching, you know, what I was eating, I just lost the weight over time. It took a few years. But it's really interesting because now if I do anything of like that sort, like if I were to go eat a big, oh, I have, I'm like instantly, it feels like a rock in my stomach. (laughs) I'm like, how did I do this all the time? It's interesting, like the, the, how your body changes and knows. Right. Um, You mentioned that with your mindset, that's something that you really looked into. Mm -hmm. Was this... Mm -hmm. After your transformation beforehand, uh, when did you kind of make that discovery of, okay, all of this stuff kind of starts with where my mind is at and the mindset? Um, and how did you kind of navigate, you know, what that was looking like for you at the time? Mm-hmm. Well, when I lived in Hawaii, uh, my dad sent me a book. And the, actually, there's two of them. But one was A Purpose Driven Life. Mm-hmm. Great book. Yep. So yeah. that one was really... Uh, that was my first read. The second book was The Secret. <clears throat> so they sent me these two. Okay. And they both just opened my mind in a way that I've never, at that point, had never thought, you know? And so I really started to, like, dive into these different areas of my life. First of all, into my my faith, you know, and and really what that looked like. Because I did grow up, I grew up Catholic, and then we switched over into like a Christian church. Mm-hmm. So it's not like that was so foreign to me. But as far as like when I had when I was living in that that part of my life um, using, I really didn't think I believed in anything. Sure. And so I was reintroduced into, you know, my relationship with God and, you know, what that really looked like. And then also this book, The Secret of really thinking of how much, you know, the way that we think and the way that we talk and like what we do, um, how much that has to do with what we create. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, I just was like, wow, that's like it, 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 but it made sense to me. And so that was really for me it it really started in the beginning of my transformation of really working on my mindset yeah i think that is hands down one of the most underrated things ever i was just reading this book um i finished it not too long ago it's called think and grow rich but it's Mm -hmm. essentially like a it's more of a monetary based book but the general idea of the book is that anything that you believe and tell yourself in your mind is most likely going to come to fruition you know i think Mm -hmm. the book chooses to use the word like the universe, you know, Mm -hmm. so whatever you believe in, whatever it is, um, even in yourself, those things that you tell yourself, they, they, they come to concrete things in real life. And so the book was about, okay, how do you do this, you know, financially? But as I was reading it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is extremely real in all aspects of life, Mm -hmm. health, fitness, um, relationships, family, money, what we choose to tell ourselves about who we are and what we're capable of ends up being the truth that is mm-hmm. extremely visible and um, uh, tangible in real life. Mm-hmm. So going off of that with the mindset, what was like your biggest, what was your biggest aha moment learning all of those things and discovering how those things can play out in your life based on where you were at at the time? Well, I think it was more on the daily practice of it, of, of changing the way that I, uh, use my wording and the way that I would say things. And then the way that I would think about <clears throat> actually, let me rewind because let, let me say this. Okay. I was a victim 
I was a victim for so much of my life. Mm. And what actually all of this made me realize is I actually was not a victim. I, that whole time, was in complete control of my life. And for me, that was the huge, like, aha moment. Yeah. Because sitting there thinking about that of, wow, all these incredibly hard things that I had been through and gone through in my life, like, at the end of the day, it was all my choice. But for when I was going through it, I didn't see it that way. I was like, well, you know, my dad was an alcoholic and my mom did this. So that's, you know, that's why I do X, Y, and Z. Right. And that's why I've made these choices or that's why, you know, life was happening to me. You weren't happening to life. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is, it's crazy now how much we see that playing out in society, especially with, I mean, I would say mostly people my age and maybe a little younger, but it's this victim mentality of, you know, the system is this way. Therefore I am predisposed to a horrible life, or this Mm -hmm. is this way. Therefore I have to live this life or I have to experience this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's actually the, the way they set that up in their minds is actually what's allowing them to live that life, so to speak. Um, I mean, whether it's, whether it's kids in school, people feeling like they're judged because of their race, their faith, whatever it is, sure, that stuff is a reality, but a lot of it, you know, ends up being an assumption. And then because of that, you feel like you're, you're telling yourself that you are lesser Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it ends up feeding into how you behave. And then next thing you know, that's where the entitlement or the victimhood comes in. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really, it's an interesting psychological phenomenon and it's super interesting to look at. Um, where do you see that mindset practice of knowing that you're in control and you're not the victim? Where have you seen that benefit you the most in your life, um, thus far? I should say outside of your transformation so we can get a a bigger idea of who Rachel Pastor is. Oh man. In in every, like every part of my life. Okay. What's the first thing that comes up? Or something that comes up. <laughs> um, well, uh, I I would say in probably more than anything in in my place of being like I can really do anything in life that that I want mm-hmm. because realizing that I am in complete control of you know of my life and the decisions I make, knowing that. I feel unstoppable mm. of that. I, I can do anything. So of being able to start businesses mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, creating a vision and bringing it to life of my relationships with people. I mean, in every single area of my life, like I really feel like knowing that in, 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 that I am in control, that I, you know, in that mindset, I don't know. I, I just, it plays out into everything. Right. That I do. No, yeah, I'm following. Um, so <clears throat> I want to go back to what you mentioned about your faith and how that changed, mm-hmm. because this is, I think something that's so overlooked and people just want to neglect it and pretend it's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a Christian too. So I would mm-hmm. love to hear what that journey looked like for you, because it was, you know, this, I didn't go through the same experiences, but I think a lot of people out there might have had the same upbringing and the same circumstances in which they grew up in a, in a Christian home or in a Christian culture, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've never had that opportunity to make their faith their own or whatever that might look like. So mm-hmm. that, that, that moment in time, or I guess I should say that time span where you reconnected, what did that look like specifically for you based on where you were at with your faith and where you wanted to be and then where you ended up being? Okay. Well, like I, I, you know, like I was saying, I, I really, when I was in the, in the place of, uh, the beginning of my transformation, I really didn't know if I believed in anything anymore. Right. Which is interesting though, because the minute my world fell apart, the first thing I did was like fall to my knees and, and was praying to a God that I didn't even know I believed in. You Mm -hmm. know, I was, I was just, 
I was reaching for something and anybody to come out and help me. Which is interesting because I think that, that that's one thing I always try to go to when people say we we have to we just kind of came out of nowhere. There's no there's no way we possibly could have come from an, uh, an intelligent being. But yet all of us have this innate sense that something is out there that we can reach out to, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Jesus or whoever you want to mm-hmm. call it. We have this like innate sense in us. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, no, it is. It is. So I'm 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 praying like, you know, please help me. And 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 to this day, I do say that I went from Colorado to Hawaii on angels wings because mm. the fact that I even made it there is amazing. And to say, I'm going to do this cold turkey and have yeah. success. Yeah. And have all that happen. Like yeah. I, I 100% believe I did not do that on my own. So once I got there, I did start um, with out of the first year, I started to look for a church to attend. Okay. I was looking to, I don't know necessarily what I, I, I was looking for something like I always was this whole time I'm looking for something, but I knew even outside of that year that something was still seriously like missing in mm. that I was needing to fulfill. You felt, you felt a, a, a hole or a gap, but you just, you weren't really sure what it, what it was. Yes, Okay. absolutely. So I, I did start attending a church there. Um, I also had attended some um, NA, NA meetings. <clears throat> and they are not faith-based, although a lot of, you know, people that attend mm-hmm. um, and, you know, what they talk <coughs> about could be, you know, related. Mm-hmm. So... Are they faith based? I have no clue. I I don't think I don't. Someone think can let us so. know when this drops. Okay, yeah, they'll probably be like, yeah, there. Um, so, anyway, I in in going to church and I would have these moments at church where I just like, interestingly, but definitely not the same, but kind of a similar feeling that I got when I went to the group fitness class. It was like this feeling of being like uplifted and the energy and like, and these are, you know, we're just sitting in all of a room together. And, and then also every message that I heard, like, it was like, I was going to like self-help, like it, like, you know, it's all about like uplifting you. Yeah, absolutely. And so that kind of kept me going back. So I was like, this is great energy. And like, I love the message, you know, it's helping me live, you know, better each day, but also I think I, I think right there and then I was having a hard time accepting that I did really actually believe in God. And that's actually what kept me going back is that I actually did. But I, I think I kept fighting against it. I was like, yeah. it's, you know, we all do so at some point. Yeah. We, have doubts and questions and. Right. Yeah. But it's good that you kept pursuing that. Yeah. It kept pulling me back. Yeah. It kept pulling me back. And then the more I kept going, the more I started to really just feel, I mean, the Holy Spirit, like I really started to feel that inside of me and started, everything really started to make sense to me of how I got to, you know, of how really God was always there for me the whole entire time. Um, and, and I didn't realize he was, but he was. And then when I asked him to be there, he like showed himself in my life when I really looked at it. Hmm. Expand on that. Because I think a lot of people, you know, might say it's it's not that blatantly obvious, you know, mm-hmm. but you you have to actually look for that. So what what, what was that in your life? Expand yeah. on that. He yeah. he showed up, and I saw him work in my life. Yeah. Well, one, I do think it's that blatantly ob- obvious when you're as broken as I was. Hmm. So I think that I w- I was living. I I always tell people like I was living in hell, like. If, if I've seen the devil, I've walked with the devil. Like I have, I have lived such a, in, in my darkest times, um, I was surrounded by only like only darkness and that's all I could see. And so when I was brought into this transformation in my life and, and started to see the light, uh, it was hard to deny that there was not something so much bigger than myself hmm. there guiding me and leading me because um, 
there was no way that I myself could have pulled myself could could have taken myself from the place that I was. And I think also because I had seen such darkness, um, knowing that evil exists, like knowing that that is all there, like I there was no denying the light. And yeah, maybe, maybe I think it's not that blatantly obvious. Maybe if you're not really looking at the big picture of it, of, um, of like the miracles actually happening in your life on a day-to-day basis, I think it's really, really living in gratitude really is what changed everything for me of, of really seeing all the amazing things to be grateful for on a daily basis. I mean, I seriously would sit there and just be grateful that the sun, that I got to see the sunrise again mm-hmm. because I, there was a time in my life that I didn't care if that ever happened or that I ever thought that would happen again, that I would be happy to see that. Like I, when really seeing the gratitude and everything, I really think that there is no denying that there is something so much greater than all of us out there. Mm-hmm. We, <clears throat> was it a specific moment when you decided or when you got past those doubts and mm-hmm. said, okay, yes, Jesus working in my life is a, is a extreme reality. What, what was that like? Because I feel like we all, you know, especially if we are Christians, we call ourselves Christians. We all come to that moment. We're like, okay, this isn't, this is truth. It is the real deal happening in my life. And mm-hmm. I need to I need to say yes versus just sit idly by. What was that moment like for you? Mm-hmm. Or did you even have that moment? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I mean, I can picture it right now. Uh, I I think in that moment, it more coming to a place of... Uh, I. For me personally, that moment is a moment of coming to a place where you are ready to give up complete control of like, like, yes, you are in control of your life, but of, of giving that control over to God. And it's kind Mm. of a place of, of freedom. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. No. Yeah. Free, like freedom in surrender. Yeah. And we think that, we think that surrender word is like, so um, enslaving, yeah. but it's really not. It's the exact no. opposite. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's shift gears a little bit and, um, kind of touching on that mindset piece again, mm-hmm. you mentioned that it's a lot, you know, it's allowed you to do so many things in life. And one of mm-hmm. the things that you elaborated on earlier or spoke of is that you are an entrepreneur at heart mm-hmm. and building businesses is what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you to be an entrepreneur at heart? Um, and how did you discover that? Because I want to go into this because, Nowadays, especially with the power of social media, you know, mm-hmm. if I, you know, chop up a piece of wood and sell it on Etsy, I'm an entrepreneur and I just put <laughs> it on my Instagram bio. You know what I'm saying? Um, and everybody and their brother and their mother and sister is one. So I guess my question is, what does that mean to you to be an entrepreneur? And how did you discover that about yourself? Because you are right. It is definitely not for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. it's challenging for some, easier for others. Mm-hmm. So um, what does that mean to you and how did you discover that this is the, the, the life and the career avenue you wanted to pursue? Well, I, I like to be, I, I would say I am a creator. So oh, my shirt, sweatshirt today says It does visionary. say visionary. Yeah. It does. <laughs> I love it. So I, I've always been a very creative person. Um, I've always had big thoughts, big visions of things. Although that doesn't necessarily mean that you should be an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I would say once I found my passion of what really brought me joy in life and then bringing that together of, uh, that I'm creative and, and have big vision and bringing those together, I had all these like huge monstrous ideas of of this you know of what brings me joy in life and how I wanted to bring it to other people mm-hmm. the only way for me to do that is for me to create it on my own you know so I need to create that so um that that really comes into me you know doing it as I entrepreneurs are often like they are creators mm-hmm. right absolutely so I needed to figure out how to do that. 
Holy crap, though. I, I will say the only the, the thing that's made me do well at it and 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 strive and keep moving forward into it is uh, I do do think I'm a very strong person in that uh, maybe it's everything I've been through or maybe it's just part of my personality. I have no idea. I, I, I'm sure it's a combination of those that I am not the type of person who if I get kicked down, I will come up and I will get up and I'll go 10 times harder. Okay. And I feel like in order to be an, an yeah, entrepreneur. you have to do that. <laughs> you have to. Or else you're going to die really fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's such a crazy roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you have to be willing to. Yeah. You have this great idea. You have this vision. But in, in order to implement it and actually bring bring that into reality and keep going with it, you have to be willing, you, you, not even willing, like you're going to get kicked down multiple times. And it's if you get back up and keep going. Right. And, and, and like, in order to do that for me personally, I have to be so, um, committed and, and driven by what the vision is. So what have been some of your favorite visions, ideas, and, and creations thus far since doing your own thing and bringing ideas to life? Well, for sure, uh, the fitness festival is like my my baby. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, 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 my vision behind that has always been to bring this joy that I talk about to the masses. So when I had this vision, like that's what I – that's what I wanted. I wanted to bring this feeling of what health and fitness brings to people's lives. Like I wanted to bring that people to their lives in one day and I wanted to touch the masses. Like mm-hmm. I want to, I want like everybody to be there experiencing that in their own way, you know, in their own way. But I want everybody to leave feeling that high of like what, it what it's all about in what we get when we go, you know, work out with friends, when, you know, the endorphins are going, when we try something new, when we step out of our comfort zone, like all these things. So that bringing the fitness festival to life is uh, probably like my most favorite thing right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This because this is year two, right, of the fitness festival. Uh-huh. What yeah. have you learned after year one that you're trying to take into year two? Because like you mentioned, we all get knocked down. There's like, there's never a moment where an idea comes to life and we don't learn, like some part of it doesn't do well and we don't learn from that, yeah. right? Because I think the difference between someone that's an entrepreneur or doing their own thing, whatever it is, between the good ones and the bad ones, they're just the ones that kept going after they got knocked down so many times, you know? Um, yeah. They're just the resilient people. So what have you learned uh, with your baby, the fitness festival here um, after year one going into year two? Well, uh, after a lot of tears and crying myself to sleep at night, (laughs) um, I have learned that, uh, the vision is strong. And so I, I need to keep pursuing that. But what has happened along the way is so going into that, that first year, yeah, I had this vision, but I had no idea how to bring it like to li- I didn't I didn't know how to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. So I brought this team together and we went at it. You know, we 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 were like trying to build this this foundation to bring this vision, you know, and build it. Well, you know, a lot of things were learned along the way and a lot of bumps were hit along the way, but as many bumps as were hit along the way, so many pieces connected and aligned that kept it going. Well, about uh, a month before the fitness festival, I was at a place where I was completely broken with it Hmm. because so many pieces had, had aligned but so many other pieces we did not think about correctly. So we had completely based our whole entire plan around uh, ticket sales. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, if you're planning an event, don't do that. <laughs> advice. There's, <laughs> there's your advice for the podcast. <laughs> um, because that should never be your baseline. So, so we had planned this whole entire budget. Well, the thing about events is that majority of people will not buy their ticket until like a couple weeks before or the mm-hmm. week of. Right. So there we're putting on uh, an event that is costing over $160,000 for one day. And everything we had budgeted on was for ticket sales. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there with my husband in the living room. <laughs> I'm like, so how much do you think our house is worth? <laughs> <laughs> And he's just listening. He's the most supportive person. And I'm just like crying. And this went on for days. And I'm praying and I'm praying. And I'm like, God, like, send me a sign that this is going to be okay. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I really feel that you put this, me on this path, God. Like, I really do. And I feel like you opened a ton of amazing doors. But this doesn't make sense to me. Did I do something wrong? Like, what happened? So, anyway, I'm sitting there. I'm asking for a sign. And and God sends me this sign, which is now tattooed on my back. But, um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, we're going for it. Because, honestly, at that point, I was like, do we need to, like, what can we do to get out of this? Mm. Like, otherwise, we're going to mortgage our house. Like, we're, we're done. Right. You know? And so, anyway, basically, in, in almost every single way, the stars aligned. And we did that event. And for a first-year event, I will say, for a group of people coming together that didn't know a whole lot of what they were doing and putting on this event, I, I really feel like everything went the way it should have Hmm. in that we built this amazing foundation, but also along the way, I learned so many things that I could bring into year two to make it successful. Mm -hmm. So, uh, going into year two, year one was so hard and in, in, you know, in everything that happened along the way, I lost my whole entire team. So my whole entire team left. Oh, and I was sitting there by myself um, in a place of, honestly, of debt. You know, uh, we didn't end up as bad as, right. you know, enough to keep going. Sure. <clears throat> and so uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, do I keep going? But I, I, there was no doubt that I wouldn't because, I, again, I'd built such an amazing foundation and I learned so many freaking lessons that I was going to take this again. And honestly, I'd been broken down so much and I had gotten up so hard again that I was like, let's do it again. (laughs) Yeah. It already broke me down and I got back up. So let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So what are, what are those, what's something that you're excited about that you're taking into year two? Well, one is, uh, I, my team the first year was, they're great. They're all great. They're all great. But really learning of what this particular, you know, what team I need on working with me, who I work with best with, and also me, myself as a leader. Oh, my God. I learned a ton about that. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I just, yeah. Doing your own thing and then asking people to do what you want to do without them having the same passion, vision, drive, ideas is very difficult. Yeah. It's just like it's a total shift. Right. And then also at the event itself of that, what we really want to bring to life is the experience, Mm. bottom line. This event is totally experience-based. And so the first year, it was totally based around like the way that we advertised it was about the vendors that were going to be there. Right. And yes, they do make the event, like they do make the event, but- when having people attend and, th- and them thinking about coming, like they're thinking about coming, they, they don't care about if this business is going to be there. It's not really about the business. 
It's about the experience that that business brings to you. Sure, of course. It's the same reason you keep going back to the same yoga studio or whatever. You know, right. you, you enjoy that experience. So from the minute anybody attends our events, from the minute they walk through the door, it is 100% about the experience of what we we like every vendor that'll be there has to bring something, some experience that they're bringing to people. It's not about handing out a piece of paper. It's like, what feeling can you bring to people? Hmm. And down to the point where, you know, we're going to have flash dances happening. We're going to have DJs in every area. We're going to have, like, you are going to be constantly in. Yep. Yeah. It's entertainment. What, what did you learn about yourself as a leader from that first year? I'm curious (laughs) to know here. Because that always happens in life. You you think you know yourself so well, and then you go through an experience, and you're like, well, I guess we're starting all over. <laughs> well, one, I thought I was, before going into leading this group, I, I was like, I'm a natural-born leader. Hmm. Like, I'm just a leader, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah is where I messed up. <laughs> so I was missing some very important pieces into uh-huh. being, like, yeah, I think that personality, there could be natural born leaders, but there are things that are learned about being a leader. Absolutely. And I didn't learn any of that. I just thought I just am a leader. Right. Well, the way one of the way that I speak to people and not only speak to them, but also in listening to them. Um, in creating a space that is uh, where people can feel uh, not like like a more of a team um, more of a team than less of there's this leader and then there's us right so something that um You know, we talked about them earlier, um, some clients that I have, and they had built like this crazy successful business and then sold it for, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars years later. Yeah. Something that he told me about me made me realize something about my leadership. And that was what I was just talking about as compared to like a team compared to there being a leader and then everybody else, you know. He goes, did you ever notice when you post on Facebook about him and his wife said this about your um, about the fitness festival? Um, He'll always you'll always say like. This is like it's all about like you and this is your team instead Mm. of like um, The, the team, the team. And he's like, I just want to point that out to you. And then that really got my mind going about how I was leading people and how I was leading this and how I didn't realize it until that moment. And kind of that really led me into like really digging a part of, you know, why certain things had happened on, on this team as me as a leader, because I had separated myself from them. Like we weren't, I was the leader, but does this make sense? Yeah. You were the leader, but you weren't a part of the team Yeah, in a sense. Yeah. And I, for me and the way that I, when I think about a good leader and I think about somebody that I want to be, you know, I, I really feel like they're, they're also a part of the team. Like they're not the dictator. Right. They're the captain that's going through all the other things that the team is going through. Not the, not the third base coach or the coach sitting on the sideline. Yeah. They're the captain of the team. Right. Interesting. Right. Yeah. It's uh, So that had to have been kind of like a total awakening where it's like, whoa, I never even thought about that. Because um, I was, I mean, when I, when I think back to the gym I used to work at, we had, there's a big push of, of culture there. Mm-hmm. And we had to use our vocabulary wisely in the sense of like, we, we had to really hold off on saying, uh, I too much mm-hmm. to make everything feel more inclusive. And, you know, you can say that's a little, that's a little too crazy, but it still delivers the same message as we're all a part of this one thing together. Mm-hmm. There isn't like this sense of I'm doing everything on my own and everybody else is out here or mm-hmm. I'm leading and everybody else is out here. So mm-hmm. that had to have been like this massive 
oh my gosh. Because that's something that you do automatically. You don't even mm-hmm. realize it. Mm-hmm. So um, what other ways, other than like the vocabulary, obviously, when you're posting, what other ways did you see yourself living that same thing out versus, like with the this is me and my team? Mm-hmm. What, was the, what was the thing in your leadership that you felt you had to adjust or change in order to make it feel like the team mm-hmm. or our team? Yeah, well, one one is realizing that yourself as a bit like as a business owner and here's the thing is like I separated myself from the team because I felt like they could not understand what I was going through. Hmm. Okay, at the end of the day, like my like I was feeling like my name was behind this, my finances were behind like I felt like the weight was completely bared on my shoulders. Right. Instead of realizing that it actually, yes, yes, there is a part of that. But also, like, we as a team, we're, we're bearing that together. But I did not see it that way. And in, in, um, now I get it. I get it now. But in that moment, I separated them out of being like, well, the weight of the world's on my shoulders. And you guys don't understand that. And, and really... Um, continually, uh, bringing that into, um, the culture and, or, or I don't know, of, of, of us working together Yeah. of, uh, that like basically all the weights over here. And even though they are working super duper hard and they're putting themselves out there, like you guys don't get it, you don't understand. And then also being way too emotional with the people that I was working with. I I don't know if it I I brought so much emotion and and I was so scared of what mm. was going to happen and I brought that to everybody on the team. And uh but yet I was I even though I I brought all that to them and I was very emotional and I would cry to them all the time and I would you know, I did not seem like I was not being a strong leader. And then I was also being a leader of like, and then I'm the one over here bearing everything on my shoulders and you guys don't get it. Does this make sense? Yeah, it makes absolute sense. It makes total sense. So that kind of sucks to look back on and realize that, that I did that. Yeah. But in the moment, I didn't see it happening. Right. I mean, everything we do in life, we're not, we're always going to look back and kick mm-hmm. ourselves and you're going to look back you know, from your five in the festival to your two, and you're going to mm. say, what the freaking heck was I doing? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how it goes with everything. With parenting, friendships, relationships, business stuff, being a trainer. I mean, I think of the stuff I told my clients the first year I was a trainer, and I want to kick myself for it. But that, I mean, that's just a part of it. If you yeah. don't come to that state, you're never learning and growing, and you're constantly in this state of, I know everything, and there's nothing else to do. Yeah. And how do you how do you grow and progress and improve and help other people when you're in that state? You can't. Mm-hmm. So what does um, other than the fitness festival, mm-hmm. what are some things that you're pursuing for yourself growth wise, whether it's family, business, relationships, whatever? What are you what are you working on for yourself right now? Well, Man, I'm always working on myself. Uh, I feel like I'm, you know, we're we're all always in transformation. Mm. And so uh, right now I'm really working on my family and my, uh, my marriage. Okay. I am extremely business driven. It is, it is what lights my fire. That has been a very interesting um, thing with family and kids and I have young kids. I have one that just turned three and one that's five. Okay. And I've been married. We're going to be married nine years, uh, in a couple of months. So, um, but my husband's always been supportive of everything I've ever wanted to do. Um, but much like I led the team in that first year is is much how I have been in my marriage in that um, it's kind of been like, a, here's me, and then it's it, it hasn't really been us. Yeah. 
And so my whole goal right now in, in like my, what I've been really working on and when I, like I set my goals for 2019, typically before they had always been like business based period. Cause that's what, again, right, that's what you enjoy. That's it's what your I default. enjoy. Right. Uh, but I really had always been struggling inside because, uh, I'm like, okay, really thinking about balance and my family who obviously no one needs to say they love their kids. Like you love your kids. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And then also my marriage of, you know, marriage constantly, it needs work. You know, you can't just like get married and expect it's all going to be, you know, it, it's also. It's not just uh, rainbows and butterflies all the time. This yeah, isn't what I signed up for. It actually needs <laughs> like constant input. You know, you need to be putting into your marriage. So how could I do that? How could I be this like amazing business person and then also work in into feeding into my children's life and my husband? And so that is really what I'm working on right now. Mm. Like I'm really trying to figure out maybe there's not an a balance because I really I feel like I've come to a place in my life like feeling like I don't really believe in balance, but I do believe in alignment and figuring out where. I'm going to align. It's, it's, you know, it's not always going to be that I'm going to be able to align 50% of my time into my family and my kids and 50% of my time into my business. You know, I, I don't feel that way. I feel like I need to figure out like, where is the right alignment that we're still able to live the life that we want to live together and, and how my, you know, and also feed into my business. Does, right. that, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. Expand, expand on the difference between balance and alignment. Well, balance would mean that everything in every part of your life is equally balanced. Mm -hmm. But alignment more means that, uh, you know, you, you're putting, uh, you might be putting more into something compared to where you're putting it into something else. For Properly prioritizing. Yes. Essentially. Thank you. Okay. Thank that you. makes sense. Um, so what do you, what do you learn? I guess just to say, what specifically are you pursuing um, to learn on and grow in, in your marriage and then with your, your kids as well? Well, as far as uh, marriage goes, I'm getting married to man. I'm taking notes here. <laughs> well, don't learn from me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's that, uh, we are taking very intentional time mm. to like spend time together, go on dates, counseling, like, you know, so underrated. Oh yeah. Open up the lines of communication again. Um, so, and, and also giving, like time just for each other to look forward to. So like in a couple of weeks, we're going to California together, oh, nice. leaving the kids here. My yeah. parents are coming. We're like having that time alone and, and just being really intentional. And then also uh, we, the nights that he's home, he works nights as a police officer, but the nights that he is home uh, spending some time reading together and, and like learning. And, and even if it's like 30 minutes, we just sit there and, and read together. Right. And then pray together. So read together, pray together is is something we're doing on a regular basis the nights that he's home. And then planning out all of these times to spend together. And then as far as my kids go, that has been one of the most challenging things for me because – I don't necessarily enjoy spending time like hanging out playing Barbies in the, you know. <laughs> sure. I really don't know any parents that do. So, <laughs> so that's always made me feel really bad. Cause I'm like, there's all these moms who stay at home with their kids and like, and right. geez, Rachel, you're home with your kids for like, you know, sometimes an hour of none, no distracted time with your kids a day, you know? And the fact that you can't sit here and be content and like just mm. sitting here and playing with your kids, like it makes me feel horrible. 
So I'm really trying to change my mindset around that and really think of it more of like I'm feeding into like my kids and that like the attention that they want and need from me more and and pulling away from like however like it's it's okay that that doesn't like light me up right it upset me for a really long time that it didn't but more of like it's okay it's not about you Rachel it's not about you right this is the same mentality as with with the team yeah me yes. and my kids versus us just being together. Yes, exactly. So I really think everything draws back to that. I mean, really coming <laughs> to this place of really, it's like, it's not about you necessarily. It's like, it like you know, and, and think, thinking about, yeah, that time with my kids. So now, like today, going to a class that I signed me and my daughter up for, mm. and I really just want to spend that time alone with her and just... You know, and even attending like one of her gymnastics classes, like I had not gone to my kids gymnastics class in so long. So I just figured like, why, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to sit there, yeah. you know, right. But when I can I, do something else while they're having a great yeah, time over there. Mm -hmm. Totally. And of course my mind immediately goes to like, I have a hundred emails to answer right. that, you know? Right. So, but when I went to her class and I sat there and watched her the whole entire time, my daughter would do something, look back. Yeah. She wanted what to make sure think? Yeah, yeah. that I was watching her. And that has more brought me back into the place of like, it's not like, it's that she just wants you to like be present for her. And so I'm really working on that. I love that. I love that. Well, Rachel, I had no clue about all this stuff in your life. <laughs> it's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, and thank you for being here. Where can people find you if they want to know more about fitness festival, mm -hmm. what yeah. you're doing on Instagram, social media, whatever it is. Yeah. So they can find me at rachel.pastor on um, Instagram. Okay. And then Rachel Pastor on Facebook. I don't sure. know how that happens. Is that how you it's do just, it? Yeah. You, I think you just search the name. <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's no other handle. Rachel Pastors out there, but. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we'll figure it out. And then uh, fitness festival events okay. is what we are on Instagram. And also our website is fitness festival events. And then also rachelpastor.com. Boom. Yep. And uh, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Had a thank great you. time. Thanks so much, Rachel. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this is The podcast.